sermon text this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I'm giving you these, these commands so that you may love one another. The Word of God to the people of God. Again, we welcome everyone to Good Shepherd United Methodist Church this morning, whether you're with us in the house or you're visiting with us or you're watching us online this morning. If this is the first time you've been with us, welcome to the family because we are a family here at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. So let's take a moment this morning to wave to each other, wave to our folks online so that we feel that family connection. If you see a face that you don't recognize this morning or one that you have not seen in a while, go to them and and welcome them again to Good Shepherd and give them a warm Good Shepherd United Methodist Church welcome. If you're online, don't forget to comment and let us know that you're here. If you're here in the house, it's really okay to shout out and let us know that you're here. Uh, we love hearing from you. I'm Pastor Regina, and I anticipate some great joy as we spend some time together this morning uh, as we continue to look at how we as disciples of Christ are, lit, are called to live missionally. As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. Third places, missional imagination. These phrases have taken on new meaning for us over the last few weeks and hopefully have challenged us to realize that we are all individuals sent by God to be missionaries in our own corner of the world. We accomplish this goal by serving others, building relationships, and discovering a mindset of living missionally rather than just simply doing mission. We are embracing a a posture of proximity and presence where we can build our relationships. We are stretching our missional imagination to to make a difference in the world, and and we're discovering that that the impossible of our world is fully possible with God. We're learning to do things in a new way with fresh approaches. We're beginning to see the face of God in in unsuspected places and surprising in people. St. Francis of Sisi offered us a sound advice last week in taking our first steps in this missional living. Start by doing what is necessary, then by doing what is possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. In opening ourselves to God's imagination and possibilities for our world, we develop our missional imagination and develop the eyes of Christ for our neighbor. Today we're putting all of these new discoveries together as we realize a new way of life. Anybody remember 2017? Way back there. Can anybody tell me what 
what what spectacular thing happened in 2017? Probably not, but you really once I once I remind you, you'll remember. Around this time of year, many of us were had an experience of a once in a lifetime feat as we witnessed the action of our creative God through a solar eclipse. The, the eclipse, yes. Now, I admit that at first I didn't get all the hype. I thought, once again, we're commercializing a, a natural phenomenon and, and we're making much to do out of nothing. Even though I purchased glasses, made a reservation at a local park, and, and played host to some out-of-town guests, I was still a little lackadaisical about this whole event. But the day of the event arrived. Folks gathered and we waited. We visited and we waited. We ate and we waited. Anticipation did begin to build, though, as, as the moon gradually moved over the sun. As the sun became smaller and smaller in our field of vision, the, the crowd began to gaze upward more frequently, and the crowd's energy began to change. The temperature dropped and the day grew dark. The, the sounds of the evening were heard and the, the crowd stood in peaceful awe and spoke in hushed terms as the total coverage became evident. Then it happened, that total coverage. For almost two minutes, crowds across the path of totality cheered. They clapped and stood gazing at the glory of God. Whether they admitted it or even knew it, God's glory was present. God showed up and God showed off that day. We who watched this event unfold were simply small participants in this grand scheme of creation and we felt small in the display taking place in the universe. Those who witnessed this event will, will never be the same and must now see their existence in view of a greater accomplishment. We realize that we are all but a small part of a vast world, that our world is part of a greater universe, and that the Creator God wishes for us to participate in this creation. It's that same God today who wants a relationship with us. It's that same God today who calls us to be missionaries in the world. It's that same God who sends us to serve. John fifteen sixteen says, You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Let's close our eyes again as I read this verse. As I do, I want you to choose a phrase that speaks most clearly to you. Ask yourself, which word or words is the most prominent for you? You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Which words were most prominent for you? Anybody, it's okay to let me know. Which words stuck out for you? Anything? I chose you. Anything else? Produce. Sorry. Appointed. 
Okay, the words spoke differently when we listen differently, don't they? My word was chose. To think that God chose me for anything speaks volumes to me. Being chosen means that God believes that we are capable to carry out the work of the gospel and has confidence that we can do the job. We've all at some point or in time played or watched the game of charades, haven't we? The object of this game is to communicate a word without using verbal communication, only actions and in a particular category. Charades can be challenging and fun, and it can also be a little bit awkward. But communication through actions instead of words just isn't typical for our behavior. We discovered that last week. We normally tell people what to do. We rarely show them. When we say, I'm a florist, we don't pretend to put flowers in a vase. We we learn by doing something better as we see it, better than we do by just someone telling us how to do something. Now, my dad was great at teaching folks how to do something through demonstration rather than through conversation. Now, I always wanted to be a part of whatever dad was doing, whether he was working in the yard or building something or, or some random job around the house. I was most often found under dad's feet, probably most often in the way rather than much help, but, but I never felt in the way. Dad would give me a hammer, some nails, and a piece of wood, and he'd show me how to use them. Then he'd let me practice as long as the nails held out. He rarely corrected my mistakes with words, but rather showed me a better way. Then he let me try. You know, like holding the nail farther down the shaft so you don't hit your finger, or or letting the nail get started first with a few short taps rather than, than just these long, hard swings. His actions led to my proficient use of a hammer, and a fairly skillful gift for building things. Through our Serving as Disciples series, we, we've explored our sentness and, our, and we've claimed our role as missionaries. In a game of charades, the, 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 create, the categories were chosen, but the participants were able to have the opportunity to decide how to express any given category. In the same way, Jesus sends us as missionaries into the neighborhood. We don't have a choice about our role as a sent person, but we have several opportunities and options to define our role based on our gifts, our talents, and our skill set. So, how do we love and serve where we live? Our key verse this morning that we've seen a couple of times, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. We see three parts. You didn't chose me, I chose you, I appointed you. To go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. These three parts can be called the three D's. Discover, direct, and do. We can ask ourselves three questions as we unpack each part. As we discover, what does does God's Word say? As we're directed, what is God's Word challenging me to do? And to do, what is my response? You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you. 
by saying this, God has appointed us as missionaries to our neighborhoods, to where we're sent. Appointed means set, fixed, chosen, established, determined. Jesus designed our sentness. He determined our call as missionary to our neighborhoods. By saying go and produce fruit, we are sent to bear fruit, to produce fruit, to become like Jesus. Jesus' thoughts will become our thoughts. His purpose will become our purpose. Bearing fruit in a world is a result of Christ-like living. When we love as Jesus does, and we see people who love as Jesus does, we see their lives changed. We see our lives changed as well. Life transformation is the fruit. And by saying, so the Father will give me whatever you ask for using my name, God will give us what we need, what we need to produce lasting fruit if we ask in God's name. Our fruitfulness is realized by prayerful collaboration with God. We've been appointed by Jesus to our neighborhoods to bear Christ-like fruit through prayerful collaboration with God. When we ask something in God's name, we allow ourselves to be close and open to what God is doing in our lives. Through prayerful collaboration, God reveals to us how we can each produce fruit. Then God leads us. God leads us to recognize the gifts God has given us to do the work. God desires us to prayerfully collaborate because God wants to be a part of God's mission. When we ask ourselves the question, why did God choose me? It's difficult for us to answer sometimes. Sometimes we know exactly why we're called to a specific situation and circumstances, but most often we have no clue why we are called to that particular situation. It may later be revealed to us with perfect clarity while, while we are there, but many times it remains a mystery. God just calls us to be available, to go where we're sent, and then gives us the tools that we need to accomplish the task to which we are called. We are chosen by Jesus and called to be fruitful. And we are, as we were reminded last week, just as Jesus is sent into the world and moved into the neighborhood, So are we. As Jesus moved into this neighborhood, people experienced a new way of life. They experienced a new kind of love. They experienced a new way of accepting and being accepted. As Jesus moved into the neighborhood, people experienced a reversal of what it meant to be rich and powerful. They experienced authentic generosity for everyone not just those whose society deemed to be important. When Jesus moved into the neighborhood, people experienced God's glory in a -a one-of-a-kind way, just as those who saw the solar solar eclipse experienced God in ways they could never imagine. God's glory may look like a consoling friend after losing a loved one or listening to the needs of a co-worker. God's glory may look like reading to a child or or wiping away tears after a skinned knee. God's glory certainly looks like loving others unconditionally and serving our neighbors with compassion and dignity. God's glory, 
God's glory is as simple as loving where you are, where you live, and as difficult as finding the courage to do so. I challenge you to spend some time this week offering yourselves to see what God's glory looks like for you and what God's glory may sound like for you as you spent the time in your third place. There's this uh, group playground game where, where classes form a tight circle and with their feet touching their neighbor. Now one person stands in the center of this circle with, with a ball and the object of the game is for them to roll the ball through the, through the legs of other folks as they're trying to keep the ball in the circle. It's a difficult task when this group is working together to, to get that ball out of the circle. The person trying to get the ball out of the circle becomes an outsider in the group. Sometimes, as churches, we create outsiders because those trying to reach a sense of belonging and community can't break that circle of resistance, whether that resistance is intentional or not. This game is like choosing not to love where we live. We risk the chance of our neighbors missing out on that one-of-a-kind glory of God, generous inside and out, true from start to finish that we've all experienced. If we choose not to love where we live, our neighbors will not experience the love that Jesus demonstrated through the consolation of a neighbor the sweet taste of a hot meal, the free time because of a baby, babysitter or a freshly mown lawn that they didn't have to mow, or even the power of a hug. We are sent to love where we live, to express the gospel through our words and our actions. This is not a choice. As a disciple of Jesus, it is our directive and our mission. We can't opt out or delegate our responsibility to love where we live. So how do we live up this, to this expectation? The words and actions we choose to express God's love and grace in tangible ways are specific to each of us, to our neighbors and to our neighborhoods. A few weeks ago, we began to practice loving where we live as we prepared various items for the church to leave the building. Now, many of the tasks were seemingly in-house, but each of these opportunities affected and blessed folks in our neighborhood as we began to spread the love of God through our efforts in tangible ways by taking our efforts to various places and agencies. We honored and glorified God by our efforts to love where we live in whatever ways we were able to share. Every one of us is sent by Jesus and can do something. No excuses. No delegation of responsibility. Only loving where we live. As we move into this next week, loving where we live, let us visit a neighbor or spend some more time in your third place. Choose and answer the question concerning what God, God's glory looks and sounds like for you. Then follow through with those actions. Seek God's guidance as you go into your neighborhood and look for ways to love where you live. Jesus chooses you. Jesus wants you. Jesus appointed you.
Jesus sent you where you are. Love where you live. As we come to the table of communion this morning, let us do just that. Let us be empowered by God's grace and God's infusion and spirit into our lives to be able to love as Jesus loved. Jesus demonstrated a, a, the great love for us as he, as he went to Calvary for us. But before he did that, he sat down. He sat down with his friends and he had a meal. We discovered yesterday that the meal times that we had together were just as powerful as those other activities that we did because we were able to talk with each other and learn from each other in different ways. And that's what Jesus did that day. They, all these friends knew what was supposed to happen as Passover, but he did something different. When it came time to, uh, to eat and break that bread, he took that bread and he said, Bless this bread. Then he gave it to his disciples and he said, Take, eat, for this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then in true Jesus fashion, he took the cup and he did something even more different with that. He took that cup of blessing and he said different words. He said, This is my blood. This is the blood of the new covenant between you and between me. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Holy and awesome God, we know we're called to be different. We're called to love differently. And we are called to live to glorify you. But Lord, we know we can't do that without you. We must be filled with your spirit. And we ask you for that today. May these gifts and bread and wine be infused with your spirit so that as we eat and as we drink, we too may feel your spirit of love and peace in order to go out and share that with others. Amen. If those who are assisting me this morning will come forward.
come to the table of grace. We do have gluten-free options and single-serve options available, but all are welcome.
from this place because you are sent. Tell God you are here. Send me and let your life reflect God's love. Go in peace. Amen.